it was perceptible to everyone except, of course, for Emily. It stood behind her as she ate, pantomiming her movements. Emily was completely oblivious to the apparition, despite the fact that everyone else could see her clearly. She would become strangely groggy and powerless during the times that this twin would manifest itself. What? Wait, Did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? No, no. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> No! That was scary. scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. So close. So close. And yet so, so far away. I just had to drag my dog back in the house, guys. Hi! <laughs> you had to drag her? Pretty much. She was at the door like, no, I'm really going to pee myself. I'm going to. You have to let me out. So I let her out. And then she florps down on the deck. <laughs> and I know the minute I walk back upstairs and start recording, she's going to uh-huh. be like, wait, no, go. I love you. I love you. And so I, was, I let her do her thing while I was eating and whatnot. And then I was like, Lily, come in the house. And she just looked at me. That's what Daisy does. I had to do the same thing with Daisy. She's like, oh, I like it out here. I don't want to come in. Sorry about it. Like, you have to come in. I'm sorry. I'm not leaving you outside right now. It's super nice, but she acts like a giant baby if she's yeah. by herself. So Daisy does, too. She doesn't like us to shut the door, mm-hmm. but I don't like to leave it open because the wasps have been really bad this year. Mm-hmm. So we've been getting them in the house when I leave the door open. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want wasps and yellow jackets in my yeah. house. You don't want to deal with that. That's Thank just a you. Lot of, lot of nonsense. Yeah. Ugh. Bugs. I don't like Spidey go- bugs. gross bugs. Ew. Cute bugs, they're okay. Cute bugs are fine. Like that caterpillar I found. That was the coolest caterpillar I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen one of those before. I no. found yesterday my husband and I were on the deck and started to go back upstairs. And there was this like very bright green, almost white furry caterpillar with an orange head. And he had like long fur at the end of his body, like a like a floaty little tail kind of thing. <laughs> It was weird. Princess tail. And then he had three little knots on his back that looked like teeth. Weird. That's what they looked like. They were like teeth colored and they were just like sticking on. It was the weirdest little. He was cool. Yeah. I'd never seen one like that before. So, of course, I took like a bunch of pictures and I sent it to Aaron. I was like, look, it's this bug. It's amazing. Yes. What is it? Yeah. It was funny because John and I were both like, huh. And I was more, huh. Than John. John was like, it looks familiar, but I don't think we have those here. And apparently, yeah, it's I a finally found variation. It. It's a white marked tussock moth, is what it's called. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. And it says that they eat pretty much anything. Yeah, they're really destructive. Yeah. Um, but they're cool looking. 
I thought it was interesting, too, that it said the females don't even have wings. Mm-hmm. Like, after it comes out of the cocoon, it pretty much stays looking like a furry caterpillar. Yeah. And uh, the males will fly over to her mate, and she'll lay eggs right there in the cocoon. Nice. Poor woman doesn't have much of a life. No breaks. So, uh, but yeah, they're they're pretty. <laughs> they're purdy purdy. As a caterpillar, anyway. Yeah. Apparently the moths are pretty plain looking. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. It's always made me sad that the female variation of birds are so plain. I understand it. They have to hide in the nest away from predators. Right. But the males are the ones with all the fancy colors and well, they got so a, you know, pretty they got a and flamboyant. I know. They got us. And then I try to get my husband to wear a pink shirt, and he's like, "No, I'm not. No color." I'm like, but birds do it, and they're That's awesome. Right. <laughs> That's right. Strut your stuff, honey. He needs to show off the dance. For me. I love What's the up? the birds of paradise and all their little like mating dances where they like yeah. turn into tents and they like yeah bob shake their, head their heads <laughs> and all this crazy kills me. <laughs> I wish. Have you seen? Have that. you seen that video? I think BBC. America did it where it was like a they had all this nature footage but they oh, and they dubbed, dubbed it. over it with like these really funny things. I love it. Like the bird that does the tent. Yeah, he goes nighttime, nighttime daytime. daytime. You want to play nighttime daytime with me? <laughs> I love that one. And I like the giraffe joke. Those two birds that are that they're in the field telling jokes and they throw their yeah. head back and laugh. Said, you what can't did they that say lot. about the giraffe? I don't remember. Oh, they say that a, uh, a like a hunter or something brings a a giraffe into the bar and throws it on the ground. The bartender says, "Hey, you can't leave that lion there." And the hunter says, "It's not a lion; it's a giraffe." Oh, and they're like, "Ha!" <laughs> and they're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little gopher guy that's like, "Steve, Steve, 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 Ellen, Steve, Ellen, Steve, Ellen." Yeah, and then he's yeah. like, "Wait a minute, is it is it Alan? Is it Steve?" Yeah. Ellen, Ellen. I love him. And the coffee owls. Yep. I love it. It's a really funny video. It's great. I've watched it way too many times. It's apparently a whole series. Yeah. Because there are tons of them. How come we don't have cool series like that over here? I don't know. I want BBC. You know what we do have over here? What do we have over here? Snoop Dogg narrates nature shows. (gasps) I love those so much. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Because he flat out admits, like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Have you seen the one with the otters and the crocodile? I think so, Or the yeah. alligator? I don't remember which it is. He's like, oh, man, that's a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Those mongooses? <laughs> yes, I have seen that one. It's so funny. That's the best. Yep. I love that so much. Yep. So, so much. So I tried funny. to show the kids that the other, like, two, three weeks ago. <laughs> and my oldest goes, you listen to Snoop Dogg, Mom? And I said, well, when he's narrating. When he's narrating nature shows. Nature shows. Does he, is he still a, like a, an active musician? I don't, I don't think he, does he do music? Like, I don't know. I mean, that's never been my scene anyway. It just, I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about it. And he was like, we learned about Snoop Dogg in school. What? And I said, wait, What? What? <laughs> Let's let me stop you right there, honey. <laughs> Why are you learning about Snoop Dogg in school? And I said, "What are you talking about? You learned about Snoop Dogg in school? Like, is this like modern music? Like, 
I mean, I remember in music class, we had to dissect a No Doubt song. So maybe that's what they were doing. <laughs> no, it was some drug, like, no, like, drugs are bad, okay? Like that thing, and they were like, Stoop Dog does drugs. And he's successful. <laughs> he's successful, but they were like, and his music has inappropriate lyrics and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who, who, which teacher? I still don't know who it was. I honestly think it wasn't even a teacher. I think it was at, at his, like, religious release thing that he does. Oh, gosh. And there's this one woman who likes to, like, and I get it, like, real-life stuff, but was, did Seriously. that relate to learning the books of the Bible? Because he comes right. home singing, like, these are the books of the Bible. Like, Snoop Dogg <laughs> is bad. <laughs> So, yeah. I, wa- I went down a rabbit hole yesterday because I sent Aaron the link on YouTube to Keanu Reeves' new movie that's Ugh. coming out soon, Destination and Wedding. It's my and two favorite people. I know it's Winona Ryder, too. And I'm so excited about that movie because it looks hysterical. It does. And Keanu, he's not really known for comedy no. since Bill and Ted, really. Right. Which they're doing the three. I know. Uh, it's just funny. Um, but. So I went down a rabbit hole and I started watching Keanu Reeves' interviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a snippet from when he was on Dave Letterman. Mm-hmm. And Dave Letterman's like, so you were born in Canada, right? And he goes, nope, Beirut, Lebanon. And a couple people in the audience cheered and he was like, yeah, give it up for Beirut. <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then, and then in, later in the interview and he was like, so I heard that you dropped out of high school. He goes, yep, I sure did. And he goes, did you ever go back and get your degree? He goes, nope. <laughs> and there's like this awkward pause and he looks at the camera Keanu Reeves does and he goes stay in school don't do drugs <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny <laughs> I love him so much uh, yeah he's our favorite and if you have never listened to our other podcast you'll you don't know this oh yeah have, I keep forgetting me they don't know we have this about. incredible fascination with Keanu Reeves we love him so much we do he's kind of our our unofficial mascot. Our beautiful subway of, rider. That's right. Of all the things that we do. We love him. We could do a whole I have, episode I have a on coffee that. cup with his face on it right here on that's my right. desk. Mine has a plant in it. Mine has pens in it. Very nice. Neither neither one of us drink coffee, but we love our coffee mug that a friend of ours gave yeah. us with Keanu on it. Words words. Put to good use. Indeed. Yes. He is a beautiful man. He really is. And he's so funny. Mm -hmm. There was another interview that they were talking about John Wick. Mm -hmm. And some, somebody, they were reading like questions that had been tweeted in. And -hmm. somebody tweeted in and asked him like, what's John Wick's favorite gun? And Keanu Reeves apparently knows nothing about guns. What? So he was like, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, I don't know. He goes, John Wick just likes guns. And he got really embarrassed and he turned like beet red and he leaned forward in his chair and laughed at himself because he doesn't know anything about guns. And he didn't even know how to throw a football. They had to teach him how to do it for point break. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) He said Patrick Swayze kept getting irritated with him because he couldn't throw a football. (laughs) So what does Keanu Reeves know how to do? I mean, he knows how to build motorcycles and he knows how to be a beautiful subway rider. He does. He knows how to be a good human being. And he's a damn good actor. He's a great actor. And he, he really does. Is. He's got some sweet motorcycles. Like, I'm not even really into does. motorcycles. And I'm like, that's a nice motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. He does Squarespace ads. 
Listen, if for some ungodly reason Keanu Reeves ever hears this, we my love whole, you. I, we love <laughs> you, and my whole life will be made if you ever feel like doing one of those, like, what do you call them? Like the charitable guest, like, I'm yeah. surprising a fan. Like, take me on a motorcycle ride. Safely. Oh, dude. Yes, me too. But take that would be amazing. On a motorcycle. I would just love for him to do a really cheesy 30-second ad for Girls and Ghouls podcast. Yeah, Like, just do that, I and that will be our mid-roll for every episode. Forever. Fourth onward. Forever. It'll yes. be my ringtone. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves. I love, anyway. He's just so nice. So, yeah, you that know what was would just be funny? funny? If we're all wrong, and he's just, like, a total, like, jerk. Like just I don't to, think he I don't is. Think he Every is. interview I've ever seen with him, he's just as nice as can be. I know, but wouldn't it be funny if he's just like such a good actor that he's just a total butt munch in real life? Like as soon as the camera's off, he's like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. What are you asking me these I stupid asked questions for? Gummy bears. for? Where are my gummy bears? <laughs> I want the Haribo kind, damn he's it. Like throwing things. <laughs> I just couldn't picture that. I can't either. I he just seems like couldn't. a genuinely he nice really person. Does. What's that that fake news article that keeps going around? Oh, about how women he's have come taking all these women on dates. Yeah, and they've had a surprisingly good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I it. I love it so much. Oh, speaking of the nature things, too. I just thought of this one. I just thought of this one. The nature, like the BBC thing. They had Benedict Cumberbatch do... Penguins. BBC. Penguins and penguins. <laughs> Couldn't say penguins. Were you watching Graham Norton? Yes. I love Graham Norton show. I love the Graham Norton show. It's so funny. And the Benedict Cumberbatch ones are some of my favorite episodes when they, when they had the giant teddy bear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> had the giant teddy bear on there. And Johnny Depp was on that episode too. And he just got up and walked away. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this. I love it. I love but that. Yeah, the penguin thing is so Pingling. funny. And Benedict Cumberbatch, he was like, this was for BBC America. I was not in a room by myself just randomly saying this word wrong 50 times. I was surrounded by scientists and nature experts and nobody corrected me. Bless him. <laughs> so every time he has to say penguin, it comes out wrong. It's penguin or pingling. <laughs> On like a legit documentary for an hour. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. I love and he gets like visibly anxious when they talk about it because he knows that Graham Norton's going to make him say penguin. Yeah. And so he gets all flustered and he's like, penguin. And everybody's like, yay! <laughs> he said it right. I love it so much. So, so much. Everything on that show just cracks Graham me Graham Norton is fantastic. Yes. He's just such a good host, and he makes these people really comfortable, so they do stupid things. Yeah. Well, he had Mark Ruffalo smoking pot, so. <laughs> on stage. Yeah. He's like, that's amazing. Okay. So we've got that going on. I think my favorite, though, is when he. I love he... Mark Ruffalo, too. Oh, I know. He's so good looking. He's just amazing. Did you know that he had, like, a brain tumor and stuff? No. Yeah, he didn't tell, he didn't even tell his wife. What? Okay, so here's what happened, because he did this whole, like, interview about it. So, he, um, he had a bad dream that he had a brain tumor, and it freaked him out so much that he went to the doctor the next day and was just like, listen, like, humor me, mm -hmm. check. And they were like, we're not going to find anything. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, but they checked. He had a golf ball-sized tumor 
behind oh his God. ear. Um, his wife was pregnant at the time, and he didn't want to. Wow. He didn't want to freak her out and scare her, so he didn't tell her. He just had it removed. No, he didn't even have it removed yet. Like he had to wait for a while, and after the baby was born, then he went and got it removed. And they told him like there was like a seventy-six percent chance that we're gonna hit this nerve and that you're gonna go oh paralyzed God. on part of your face. Um, and he did. It went. He he had like partial face paralysis for a while. I mean, he still doesn't have full um, really movement in that side of his face from it. But yeah, and that was I before. Didn't know that. that was a. Uh, Shortly before Avengers. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. He's he's it's one crazy. of those people that gets better looking the older he gets. He does. I do love he's him. He's so attractive. And there was a... He got in a lot of trouble because he kept ruining the Infinity Wars He kept movie. spoiling it. Yeah. He did. Him and Tom Holland. I know. It was so funny. He was on an interview and somebody's like... So what can you tell us about Infinity Wars? And he just like nonchalantly goes, well, everybody dies. So and people are like, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Nobody dies. <laughs> so funny. I was like, Tom oh Holland did the same thing. I know. Multiple times. He was like, it's okay. I come back. <laughs> oh, Lord. What? That would be me as a celebrity, though. I would not be able to keep. I'd be like, I can't keep straight what you guys want me to say and what I know. Like, I don't remember Dude. the difference. I just. I spoilers. know. That would be hard. Because they give I, you talking points, yeah, right? They're like, like, There's only certain things you can say. But then as an actor, you you know the whole script and the whole movie. You've done it. It's you. You've done it. It's You've done life. the thing. So it's like, how do you know what, what you're allowed to say? I don't I, know. I would be so confused. I would be, too. <laughs> I would be, too. I would yeah. man. <clears throat> I would so not be a very good celebrity, this. I don't think. I wouldn't be either. No. I would be I, my problem would be that I would be that boy crazy celebrity that be like look at him. Like I would never be <laughs> like you I couldn't legitimately work with any man apparently. If you did a movie with Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh my yeah. god. No. It'd be I, over. I would Done. be I'd be all over the news. They'd be like, Every time I'd try to read a line with him, I would just giggle. Yeah. <laughs> You're so pretty. So pretty. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, it would be terrible. It would, and I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand why. Because truth be told, like, in real life, if I were to meet any of these people, I wouldn't think much of it. Yeah. Because they're just I'm people. I'm not, like, crazy celebrity people. But, but I'm not like that. I also couldn't act opposite of someone. Yeah. It's just like, like, okay, I, thinking about that movie, uh, A Quiet Place. Uh-huh. You know, John Krasinski and his wife. Yes. <laughs> There's a cat in my door. Uh-huh. I couldn't act the way they did with John. Like, it. could you imagine going someplace and being like, and we're, you and Mark, you're going to have, you're going to, you know. We have to act like dr- it's the end of the world and there's some scary and movies like and yeah, no. Screaming and holding each other and slow dancing while someone's got a camera like upping your business. Like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't I, do it. And that's why I'm not an actor and exactly. I don't get paid all that money. The other part of it is I also couldn't be married to an actor. In movies. You know who I've always, I've kind of wanted to know, like, what it's really like to be married to Ryan Reynolds. Because he can't do anything seriously at all. And so it's like, I can't imagine being Blake Lively and trying to just decipher between right. Ryan Reynolds, the person, and Ryan Reynolds, the actor. Yeah. No, I couldn't do it. 
She seems to be a good sport about it. They make fun of each other on social media all the time. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think even for her birthday one year, she posted a picture of herself with somebody else. And she's like, I love my husband. And da 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 Yeah, they did that it on their wasn't anniversary, even too. <laughs> yeah. I love it. They're so good. And he crops her out of pictures. So it's just like half <laughs> yeah, of her eyeball. I, <laughs> I mean, they have a great relationship. But they I, I got to admit, like, I wouldn't be able to watch my husband, like, getting down and dirty I know. with some other woman. Like the very first Deadpool? Yeah. Holy crap. No way. I mean, it's raunchy. No way. Oh, I'd be mad. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it either. I'd be mad, mad. But I feel like I I mean, I've told you the story how mad I got when some random woman just sat on Mark's lap. Well, that. Mm -hmm. She was asking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, she was not an actress. Yeah. That was. Oh, no, no, no. See, if it's. I, I, I understand a little bit more. If it's your job. If it's your job. I'm not saying I like it. There's right. a reason why I would I would never. still be uncomfortable. I would be very uncomfortable. Because as a woman, right, as a woman, you're going to always question, even like, if it's just like a little it? bit, like, did you like kissing her better than you like kissing me? Yeah. You know? The other part of it, though, would be, like, I would have to have photos of, of my man wearing the, like, you know, modesty sock. Yeah. So that I could be like, I will share yeah. this. I will yeah. share this with the world. <laughs> well, and like Jason Momoa, he had the pink one. <laughs> he put on like a pink bunny sock. For oh his. He pulls his towel off and he's got this pink bunny sock. That's, I think that's hilarious. Hilarious. It's just <laughs> weird though. Like the whole, that whole thing. That's, that's a true scary story for me. Like those. Yeah. I could never. No. I would have to have a body double. I would, I would not be comfortable. No. No. Anyway. That's why we're not actors. We're podcasters. That's right. You don't have to look at us. We don't, don't look at us. <laughs> <sighs> if I ever so have to do a stage kiss, though, like for it, for any reason whatsoever, Keanu Reeves is welcome to train me. <laughs> John, John agrees that that's my get out of jail free card. Him or Steve Carell. I just, well, really? Oh. Actually, no. <laughs> it would probably be Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He does it for me. Like, yeah. I've had I know, this conversation with so many people, and they don't understand it because he's like 100. He, but... he is so adorable when he talks about his son. I know. He absolutely adores his kids. He does. And it's so cute. Oh, I I heard a really funny story. I can't even say the words on here because oh, it's no. dirty. But there was Chris Pratt was talking about his son. Yes. And take some fishing. Yes. Did you see that? Stupid. Stupid fish. Stupid the fish. End of it. Yeah. It was so funny because basically Chris Pratt said that when he was growing up, his dad would take him fishing. And he basically had this rule that you could cuss when you're fishing and you wouldn't get in trouble. So Chris Pratt has extended that rule to apply to his son. And so he took his five-year-old son fishing and he was holding the fish and the fish jumped out of his hand and it cut his finger. And he was like, go ahead, buddy, get it out. And he's like, stupid, stupid fish, stupid fish. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he's just giving it to him. And finally his kid goes, stupid fish, he's a effing P word. <laughs> but he said it. I just don't and he's five years old. I and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, you can't help but laugh. But then at the same time, you're like, oh my God, he's five years old and he knows these words. And he used them properly. That's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. I thought the same thing when I saw that. I, I like laughed about it because it's so shocking. Yes. 
But then I also went like and I, I had that momentary I mean, had that, judgy had those moment words where I was come like, out of Gideon's mouth. <laughs> I would have been I would have been more like, where did you hear this? Because I remember when Jeremy was like not even two. We lived in Texas at the time and there were landscapers <clears throat> out on this property and we were walking past and they were calling each other the N word. And I'm just hustling, like, let's go, yeah. let's go, let's go. Praying that it doesn't pick up. It, it appears to be fine. I'm on the phone with my mom on the way home from somewhere because, you know, we live different time zones and everything. I'm on the mm-hmm. phone with her. And in the back seat, Jeremy just yells the N-word. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what did you say? <laughs> it caught me off guard so much. So much, <laughs> but it made me laugh. Um, but I, I did have that moment where I was like, like you gotta keep it under control around your kid, around that age. Yeah, especially yeah, because they repeat everything. They repeat everything, and the last thing that you want. I mean, Gideon asked John the other day why the middle finger is a bad, like, is, why is it bad? Mm-hmm. And John was just like, well, it's just a finger. It's not a bad thing. Some people use it to say something rude and blah blah blah. So then Gideon spent like a whole like week giving people the finger, and he's like, no, oh, it's not mean. God, it's just a finger. It's just a finger. I'm like, John, no. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you have to be yeah. careful with little kids. Yeah, So hearing Chris Pratt's son saying words that I would be I would be embarrassed to say. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, it was oh, really man. funny, though. It is funny. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Chris Pratt anymore. I used to really like him. And now I'm just like, I don't know. Why? I like him. I think he's cool. He just seems like your average kind of dude. Oh, that's not. I, it's for a very childish reason. Oh, God, what? <laughs> I don't know what happened with him and Anna Ferris. Okay, oh, I don't God. know. But all I'm saying is their marriage is fine <laughs> until he got all hunky. <laughs> and other women liked him. And he had well, his sex scene with Jennifer Lawrence, who I don't like. I'm not a big fan of hers either. I think she's a great actress. I don't like her as a person. No, that's exactly it. Yeah, great actress. Yeah. Don't like her as a person. But Which then, I also feel that about Anna Faris. I don't like her. I and think I don't she's think adorable. she's a great actress either. I don't like her. She, she makes gets me on my nerves. So much in that what with the scary movies. Was she yeah. Like, she's oh such goodness. an idiot. Oh my goodness. Like it just makes me laugh so hard. She's an idiot. See, that's who I want to be when I grow up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I think it's because I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And then like the whole like dirty scene and then the divorce like you guys didn't know this is a celebrity trash podcast did you (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is now anyway anyway should we get scary we should get scary because okay let's do it half an hour in it's fine it's fine so (laughs) you go first first. i'm going first we're going to historic louisiana Okay. Louisiana. We're not going to New Orleans, though. We're going to St. Francisville. Saint- they couldn't just end it at Francis. They had to put the Ville on there. Yeah, I mean, they're fancy. They're fancy. They're fancy. We are going to the ever-popular Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. I mean, that is a mouthful. 
is. It really is. So this very grand estate was built by a Revolutionary War general, David Bradford, in 1796. Um, he wasn't there, though, like, despite being a war general and all that jazz, he wasn't there for good reasons. Uh, he was running from the law. Oh. Yes, because uh, the general <clears throat> earned the nickname Whiskey Dave because he was uh, part of the Whiskey Rebellion. And the okay. president was even after him for his involvement in this rebellion. By the way, I need so, to know more about the Whiskey Rebellion. So he was a runner. He was a runner. Not only was he a runner, but he was a runner leaving his wife and his, like, five children behind. No. To, see, to hide there's the no law. amount of whiskey worth it. Yeah. So he was To like, leave your family. He leaves them behind. He goes and builds this house in what was the Spanish colony at that point in time. So he would be kind of hidden. He lived there alone by himself for a quite a long time. It was several years. And then he was officially pardoned by President Adams. So. Oh. I guess Whiskey Dave, you know, he got away with it. Um, after he was pardoned, he did bring his family to live with him on the plantation. He lived out his days in the plantation with his family. He eventually died of old age, and he passed the plantation on to his daughter and her husband, Clark Woodruff. Now, okay. Clark is where this story gets interesting. So Clark was... He, he was known to be a generally good guy amongst the people. Um, this is an upper-scale family. They have a fair amount of money. They also have a fair amount of slaves. And as you guys know during this time, like, lots of female slaves. And um, men were, they did what they wanted with slaves. Yeah. Despite Clark being known as a generally good person he was what most people would call nowadays a sex addict oh um, insatiable appetite that even his wife couldn't you know she just couldn't i mean she was popping babies out left and right and he just anyway he hmm. sets his sights <clears throat> on one of the slaves the younger girls on the plantation um a young girl named chloe so she doesn't want to refuse his advances because she's working in the house, you know, and, and for the slaves, they, there weren't, there were no good situations for slaves, but she knew, according to the legend, that uh, if she were to refuse his advances, she would be sent out to work in the fields. And the field work was a lot more grueling. It was, you know, under the sun and the overseers were very physically violent, like whips and whatnot. It was a bad situation. Mm. So she, um, being given her role, she went along with this uh, sexual relationship. And um, I'm I'm not going to speak to that. I know we had, you know, there was some, like, there's drama, this whole thing. There was thing. drama. There was yeah. drama, the whole thing. Um, this was not something that she was like, Yes, we're in love. We're in love, and I don't care who knows it. This was a matter of survival for her, and Clark was just a jerk. Like, he may have been a quote-unquote good person, you know, to other people of his, you know, in, the, in his station, but not to his slaves. Um, Chloe 
eventually gets worried that Clark's wife is going to find out what's going on because he has now singled her out. He has no other, like, mistresses or anything like that. Um, and she's worried that if Clark's wife finds out that she's going to be punished for it because the, the slaves, they didn't, you know, they they got the raw end of the deal in every situation here, right? Mm-hmm. So she starts eavesdropping on family conversations to see if there's like any hint of like she knows she's trying to protect herself clark catches her eavesdropping one day which is unfortunate (laughs) because they they were allowed to punish their slaves however they saw fit and this is something we've discussed this season um so his punishment for her was to cut her ear off and he Ew. made a, yeah, he made a big spectacle of it. And he cut her ear off to warn her not to eavesdrop anymore. Um, the relationship <clears throat> is then cut off, obviously. He's angry with her. He wants nothing to do with her. Now, this is where the legends, like, the story starts to split. There are two different stories here. Um, they end the same way, but the reasoning is different. Uh, Chloe, because she's so she's disfigured now on her face, she's forced to wear a turban and he doesn't want anything to do with her and yada, yada, yada. Story one is that Chloe wants revenge. She wants revenge because of what happened to her. So she decides to take matters into her own hands to get that revenge. Story two is that she wants him to want her back. So she takes matters into her own hands to fix it. Okay, so this is what she does. Um, she prepares a meal and she slips oleander into their food, which is a poison. Okay. The intention is to just make the children sick. And then she's going to cure them. Oh. And be back in his good graces. Now, whether or not this was revenge or a plot to make her look like, you know, to get, I don't know, just to get under his good graces, I guess. There's no, like, definite here. Unfortunately, she overdoes it. She puts too much in the food. And the wife and all but one child died. Hmm. That's awful. Right. She is very remorseful. About this. She didn't want to kill anybody because she really wasn't a bad person or anything like that. This was a, a severely abused young woman. Yeah. And yeah. So she was eventually, she told, she confessed. Now, this is another part of the story that isn't super clear. One story says that she confessed to Clark. And she, like, begged for forgiveness. Another story says that she told other slaves. Um, but what ended up happening is that she was she was punished for it brutally. They hung her from a tree and they whipped her. Mm. After they cut her body down, they tied a bunch of rocks to her body and threw her in the river so that she would drown. Um... Some say that the punishment was an order from Clark himself. Others say that the slaves did it because they were worried that they would, you know, face repercussions due to her actions. 
Nonetheless, she did die. It was a brutal death. There were a lot of deaths, you know, given the children and the wife. After that, um, the plantation shifted through a number of owners, a number of owners. It just never stayed in, in the same hands for very long. One of the things that ended up being noted quite a bit throughout history is that after Clark moved out, after his children died, um, the plantation owners had a lot of children that passed away. Like, many of the children died in that house. Now, um, they were passing away from disease and ailments and stuff that were pretty common for that period of time, but it did not help the, the whole, like, this house is cursed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they, they did die there. Another person that died in the house was a, a uh, an attorney, William Winter. He was outside and was shot by a stranger. After being shot, he ran into the house as best he could and mm-hmm. died trying to climb the stairs. Wow. Yes. So lots of death. Um, there's like a recorded 10 deaths. Some of them were natural. Most of them were these situations, accidental murder. Um, violence against slaves and whatnot. And the house continued to pass hands until it was eventually purchased by um, a, a group that turned it into the re- bed and breakfast that it is today. Because that's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> you find a place that's got as much blood in it as possible. Yep. And you go, you know what? People want to sleep here. They really do. Now, I mean, this place is amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful plantation. And if you guys like, I mean, it's just very, very fancy. 22 rooms, a 300-pound crystal chandelier. Wow. Um, This is like, this place reeks of money. Like, that's just what it is. It's one of those places where, like, couples go for romantic getaways and whatnot. So Um, they can be murdered. So they can be murdered. (laughs) It's honestly, like, it's one of those things, though, that, like, this is one of the most well-documented haunted bed and breakfasts in the country. Wow. And um, people poo-poo it until they go there. They're like, no, there's no such thing as ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That's right. I just went full Ghostbusters right there. <laughs> so people will go because it's a gorgeous estate. Gorgeous estate. I mean, the reason that it's called the Myrtle Plantation is because of all the crepe myrtles everywhere. And mm-hmm. those are beautiful as it stands. They are. Big, big house, big porch, you know, just very lavish, very grand. Um, so people go. But one of the things that they they do note is that a lot of guests, several times a month, guests will not make it through the night. They leave. Wow. Because it's such an active place. And it's uh, active enough that they've got photographic evidence, not just by people, but by National Geographic. Whoa. So, National Geographic, um, an explorer filming crew, took they, they did some photos, I guess. And uh, they also had another, another group of people. They came up because it's a historic property. Because it's super, super old, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did these photos. There were photos for the National Geographic. And then there were also photos that were done for, for insurance purposes. And in the photos, they found, standing in between the buildings, a slave girl wearing a turban. And it's not... I've seen that picture. It's, they've proven it's not doctored. They've broken it down. National Geographic, their film crew broke it all down, and they said, this is absolutely not tampered with. We can't explain it. So 
And if you look, I mean, it looks like she's standing there. It looks yeah. like a, a real, like, living, breathing person standing there. Um, which is insane. They've The owner of the plantation has since turned that into a postcard that you can buy, which I think is kind of weird, but yeah, whatever. Um, another photo that they have is um, they did a school trip to the plantation, you know, like a field trip type thing. And they're talking about, like, the history of that area. It's a local school. Yeah. Um, you know how those little, like, elementary school field trips are. Yeah, they pick that's the, like, just right. asking for trouble, though. So they get pictures. The teacher and the students are getting pictures together, you know, with a, what is it? I think I've got a Sony CyberShot. Like, just a oh. cheap, cheesy camera, right? Yeah. And in the background of the photo, there is a young girl wearing a mm-hmm. dress peeking out of a window but it's not like i just got goosebumps all over my whole body <laughs> right it, it's not like a girl like a real child not it's not like this the picture of the slave in between the buildings this right. is it, it looks like like a glass person like she's completely see-through um mm. again this photo has been investigated by countless countless scientific journals are trying and you know photographers and film crews like people are trying to you know prove that this is some sort of hoax they Mm -hmm. can't there is no possibility of it being um any sort of they any sort of hoax they can't explain it they say it's a phenomenon that cannot be explained that young girl is spotted quite a bit in the house and it's just a very young girl with curly blonde hair wandering around looking at people she looks out the window a lot a lot of people see her and then they think her eyes are playing tricks on them um, but they're not. She's actually, she's actually there. Uh, the grand piano on the first floor will play by itself. Of course it will. Right? I mean, of course it does. Now, some people will hear the piano playing and they'll come to the room to find out who is playing this same chord over and over and over again, because it's always the same chord over and over again. It has continued through entire nights. Where that same chord is just being played over and over and over again. And it's not one of those, like... That's annoying. Super annoying. No, it's not one of those, like... What do you call those, like, auto piano player things? Yeah. You, it's not one of those. It's just a... A player piano. Player piano. That's it. It's <laughs> it's just a regular, like, not special piano. And people go to investigate and they'll be like, what is... Why? 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 Why is someone playing the piano all night long? It's like, look, can you learn a new song? Just something. That's all we're asking. Play something. Pl- something Put different. down the Ritz. Come on. <laughs> so people will come to investigate the music will stop when they enter the room but the minute like they will have both of their feet outside the room the music will start again talk about frustrating Mm -hmm. because i would be very very annoyed with that um a portion of a film was shot at the myrtles and the cast and crew hated working there because they moved the furniture into the game room and the dining room and left all the furniture, like, just kind of piled up in that room so that they had all the space to put their mm-hmm. props and whatnot. Uh, they left and came back. And when they came back, all the furniture was moved to the original position. Now, these are these are solid pieces of furniture because a lot yeah. of it is, like, original, like, restored antique stuff. So it's very heavy. Not something that, like, a random housekeeper is going to be like, oh, yes, I will put this couch back. Like, it takes a team. This didn't happen just once. 
It happened several times. They were barely able to get the shots that they needed because anytime they'd leave, they'd be gone for just a few minutes and the furniture would all be back. That's creepy. Very, very creepy. Um, so, well, there are a lot of things like that that happen. The people that actually experience the most are obviously the employees and the guests that are actually staying there and they're not just visiting. Um, the employees are very used to seeing a man standing at the top of the stairs, just kind of gazing around, looking at things. They believe that that is Clark. He's just, you know, surveying his estate, making sure everything is fancy as it should be. Um, <laughs> so they see him quite, quite a bit. They also will hear footsteps clumsily running up the stairs and then a fall. Hmm. And at the fall, typically, the sound typically stops at the upper part of the steps right around the 17th floor, which is where that attorney died. Oh. So he's just like dying every day over and over and over <laughs> God again. God bless him. Bless his heart. Um, one employee was hired to greet guests at the front gate every day. And while he was at work, a woman in white, of course, mm-hmm. old fashioned dressed, very like, you know, that time period. Yes. Uh, she walked through the gate, through it, through it, through it. Um, didn't say a word to him. She strolled up to the house and through the front door. <laughs> the gate man Alrighty. quit that moment. He quit and he never returned to the house ever, which is. I mean, I understandable. Mean, I wouldn't yeah. go back either. I'd be done. I get it. I'd be out. Um, a man is often seen sitting in chairs outside smoking cigars. He's just chilling. Just chilling. But he's transparent. Like, <laughs> there's no like, oh, that man is in like, he's a reenactor. They're, you're like, oh, I'm hallucinating. Okay. <laughs> But he's just there chilling. And um, apparently there was a, a family who was very, like, open to this type of thing. Um, and they had a younger daughter, like, 9, 10 years old. And she just saw the man and she asked if she could sit on the porch, too, because they were all going outside anyway. And the parents kind of, they were like, oh, because they could see him, too. Mm-hmm. And apparently he looked at her, nodded, and gestured for her to go ahead and sit in the chair. And she sat in the chair and he, like nodded at her again, and then he vanished. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Mm-mm. So... I mean, at least he left. Yeah, he left. He left. Um, that, that's weird. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, is while there are a lot of adults, a lot of, of grown apparitions in this house, it's really the children that run the show, it sounds like. Um, the children are often heard running around the house. They're running up and down the halls, laughing and playing. And there are a lot of complaints about that because who wouldn't complain about the laughter of children? <laughs> when it's disembodied laughter, that's different. Right. But they complain about it because it's happening all hours of the night. And one of the things that does happen is that um, if the children don't like the people, more things will happen to them. And the children oh. don't like people who don't like children, they can always tell. Yeah, um, like dogs. Right, right. The kids, they just know. They're just good judges of character. So what they do is if they don't like you, they'll try to prevent you from staying. So oh. you get a key. They don't have the fancy cards. They've got keys. Mm-hmm. And if the key doesn't work, and this has been, apparently this holds true, 
If the key doesn't work, you're in for a night. Okay. They will tell you this at the front desk. If your key doesn't work, like they'll even, if it doesn't you work. You might as well just check out now. Yep. Go find somewhere else to stay. They tell you because they want you to know, like up front. They, like, they want you to enjoy your time there, obviously. So if the kids don't like you, then, you know. Yeah. So the You're kids. You're just not going to have a good time. Right. The kids like to um, mess with the keys. If they don't like you, they don't want you to come in. If they let you in, everything's fine. Um, or they, or you go in anyway, they tend to mess with you. They'll move your stuff around. And then here's your favorite. They like to climb up onto the beds with people and touch the faces of Uh -uh. people because these are young children. These are supposed to be like, you know, four or five year olds, very young children, but they, they just, you know, touch your face Mm -mm, and they move the things around. Don't touch me. I like children. (laughs) I don't like ghost children, but I like children. Don't touch me. Yeah. The other thing that they like to do is they, um, they'll run around the halls and the rooms and then they'll rattle doorknobs. Like your cats do. Like my cats do. (laughs) Only it's not my cats this time. They're just, they're like, hello, do you know that we're here? (laughs) (laughs) Little evil children. Mm -hmm. Um, but they'll do that all night. They'll rattle your doorknob. You'll go and check. There won't be anything there, but you'll hear laughter. They are rattling your cage. They rattle your cage. They rattle your cage. Um, (laughs) this story gets me. I don't like this. Oh, God. (laughs) Next to the children, the most often seen apparition is that of a young slave girl. They believe that she is Chloe. She's a young black woman wearing a green turban. Um, she fully manifests. And Hmm. bear in mind, everything in this in this plantation is very, very benign. There's nothing, like, no one's getting hurt or anything here. But she is, um, she, whoever she is, Chloe or another slave, she is still doing what she always did, and she's taking care of people. And the belief is is that she was in charge of taking care of the children because she typically will manifest in rooms that have children in them, and children have reported, like, kids have come out and said this happened um, where they're sharing a bed because, you know, when you're a parent, you put your kids in the same, you know, queen-size bed in a hotel um, where they've watched their sibling in the bed have a blanket lifted up and Mm. then tucked around their body while they're sleeping. Mm -mm. Or there was one story about a, a little boy who was getting overheated. He was very sweaty and the sister had noticed this, but then the blanket pulled down and his hair brushed off his forehead. God. Uh. <gasps> Creepy. This particular apparition is very well known for tucking children in. And she also, t- she does come in and check on women. Um, one woman said that she woke up because she felt like somebody was watching her. And you know that feeling when there's someone yeah. in the room and you're like, something's not right. Something's messed yeah. up. It's typically a child, you know, in your room. But she, <sighs> she was by herself in this room she uh woke up and she looked up and stand she's this is her, like her word for word quote i looked up and standing over me was a black lady her head was wrapped in a green turban i could see her holding an old-fashioned tin with the loop in it through the through the candlelight she so it was like the old-fashioned like candle stick holder mm-hmm. she said uh and i lost it i started screaming i reached my hand out to touch her 
but I could tell she was a ghost because she was slightly see-through. And as my hand passed through her, she faded away. Oh my goodness gracious. So that's pretty creepy. And she does that a lot. That happens a lot. People wake up to her being in the room and they'll leave. They'll book it in the middle of the night. But they're just done. The other, yeah. the other thing that makes people leave is the haunted mirror. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, and this is, this is something that is heavily debated. Um, they believe that this has something to do with the ground that the house is built on. The house is built on um, some sort of very, like, ancient ritual ground or something. I didn't do a whole lot of research on that, to be honest. Again, we do this podcast for free. Well, it's very old, though. <laughs> it's I mean, very it's, old. There's you said just, 1700s is when yes. it was built? And it's, yeah. like, the stuff is, like, even before that. Um, there were also some voodoo uh, queens that took up residence Oh, it is Louisiana, yeah. yeah. So okay. this house has, it's got its darker history. Um, but the belief, and you guys might remember this from, um, from the Velisca Axe Murder House, Mm. Is that mirrors are kind of a portal. Yeah. So they often cover mirrors to keep spirits yeah. out or to keep spirits in. Mirrors are also used as a trap in a lot of the um, spiritual cultures. The haunted mirror can is never able to be completely cleaned. Now, not just because... Mm. Now, this mirror, it's one of the original mirrors. Okay. Um, but they'll wipe it down... But as soon as they wipe it down, foggy handprints, hmm. like, you know, when you put your hand on cold glass, yeah, it, it'll do that on the mirror, Ugh. um, from the inside, like from the other side. Ugh, oh no. The handprints are always there. They're in different spots every time, but there are pictures of them, tons of pictures of this mirror with the handprints in different spots. Um, they don't know where it's coming from. They don't know why it's there. But that's not even the part that scares people the most. What scares people the most is when they look in the mirror, there is a woman with two children looking back, <gasps> trying what? to get out. Uh-uh. This is like that movie, The Others. Yeah, kind of. It's a woman and two children. Um, they believe that they they originally thought it was Clark's wife and two of the children, but that's not it. Um so the other thought was that at some point in time, there was a voodoo queen that was known for being in the house and doing very, like, malicious things. Mm -hmm. um, she was paid by people. She didn't care what she was doing. She just was, you know, taking the money. Very much like the, the second Marie Laveau. Yeah. Um, but when you put your hand up to the mirror, she'll reach out and put her hand up against your hand. Because she wants to get out. And so do the children. Mm -mm. So people tip. They, they tip I feel like that's a ticking time bomb. That's, Somebody's going to figure out how to get her out of that mirror. And it's just going to be all she wrote. Yep. Can you imagine that though? Like what happens if you're the person that figures out how to help her get out of the mirror? Uh, she probably will. And the children too. Them. Like what happens? So... um. Mm. The Myrtles Plantation is a beautiful plantation on a sprawling property that you can go visit to this day. It's gorgeous. It's well haunted. Go take some pictures because you're going to find something in them. <laughs> and be very careful about which mirror you look into because the original mirror that's there has a ghost or three. And they really want to 
check them out. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's awful. (laughs) It's terrifying. I knew tidbits of that story, and Mm -hmm. I've seen the picture of the girl outside, but I didn't know all the details. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some fogginess around the details because um, a lot of the stories about Chloe are stories about Chloe because Clark, I mean, he didn't have great records on what slaves he had. You know, and everyone's like, well, it's not possible for him to have had a slave named Chloe because it wasn't on his records. Nobody kept good records on slaves because they were property. Mm-hmm. They weren't treated like people. Um, so the the things, the stories do get blurry because it's it's been passed down so much. But yeah. those were the most consistent. I mean, I, there were other versions of what happened, but those were definitely the most consistent. <sighs> and they made the wow. most sense. Wow. Terrifying. I don't want anything yes. to do with that mirror. No, thank you. I don't that want children jumping on my bed while I'm in it. Creep-tastic. Nope. I don't want them touching my face. What's up with ghosts and face touching? I don't know. What's up with touching, period? Just don't touch me. Even want... if you're alive and like a breathing person, don't touch me. <laughs> Guys, if you see Kirsten in public. Don't touch me. Don't t- <laughs> Or just go up to her real close, pet her face, and say... This is from Aaron. <laughs> and then the next time I see Aaron in person, I will punch her in the throat. She will. But I'm short, so I'll just duck down a little bit more and she'll have a harder time. Ugh. <laughs> uh, gross. Creepy. Yeah. Okay. Well. What you got? <laughs> mine's a fairly short story, but it is very creepy. Cool. It's very weird. It's not monkey weird, though, like last week's. Not, <laughs> Nothing's not that monkey weird, weird except it's monkey. It's not monkey weird. <laughs> but it's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Quick little backstory. I remember when I was probably about six or seven years old, and my mom and dad and I were going on vacation, and we went through the Savannah Airport. Well, that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. We had to fly out of Savannah to anywhere, to Atlanta, and then to wherever. And we're going through the terminal in the Savannah Airport, and there's all these, like, gigantic pictures, you know, of, like, things to do in Savannah. Right. And I remember my mom pointed at a picture, and she goes, that is so strange. It looks just like you. And it was a picture of a little girl in Forsyth Park, and it looked like my twin. Nice. Like, it could have been me, but it was not me. And it was really eerie. And I've remembered that picture in my head to this day. This is the story of Emily Segui and her spectral twin. Weird. Yeah. So everybody's got a doppelganger, right? Right. Like they say that everybody's got somebody in the world who looks just like us. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently the term doppelganger came from like the time frame of whatever, like in the 1800s, that term actually means a ghostly twin. Oh. Not just somebody who looks like you. Oh. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So um, Emily Segui... Um, she was born in the 19th century in France, in Dijon, France. Dijon. Grey Poupon, Dijon <laughs> mustard. <laughs> fancy. And uh, fancy. She was fancy. Um, she was a school teacher. She was very pretty. She was smart. She was very well liked. And by all accounts, she was a great teacher. Mm-hmm. But she had a really hard time keeping a job. Oh. Because it seems 
she was trailed everywhere she went by her ghostly twin. What? She was fired from a total of 18 positions because of her doppelganger. What? Yes. Her 19th job was at a prestigious girls' school in what is now Latvia. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce the name of the school. We'll just skip it. We'll call it The School. <laughs> the School. Um, a lot of wealthy daughters went there. It was the school for elite, very oh. wealthy families. Um, and this is one of the most detailed accounts of Emily Sigi's twin. So first of all, let me be very clear. Emily, in her entire lifetime, never saw her twin, ever. Oh. She only heard people say that she had one. But she never herself saw her. But a lot of other people did. That's messed up. Okay. So the first appearance at this prestigious school um, of Emily's doppelganger, um, there were 13 students that she was teaching. And while she is standing at the front of the classroom teaching, to her right appears her twin. Just appears. What? Yes. Every single person in the room could see her, except for Emily. She was very clearly Emily's twin, but not a full manifestation of a person. What? Yeah. Okay. So, um, of course, the kids got freaked out. Whoa. They went and told their parents that there's something going on with Miss Emily, whatever. The doppelganger appeared again, um, sitting calmly in Emily's chair at the head of the classroom while Emily herself was outside in the garden. What? She just showed up in the classroom. She's like, I got this girl. You go pick flowers. Um, there were some students who were either brave or stupid. I don't know. You know, fine line, whatever. Yeah. They tried to touch her. They tried to touch her and their hands went right through her. Um, they said that it felt like thick cloth. What? So she had some substance to her, but they could put their hand all the way through her. Uh, um, I don't like that. Yeah. And they could clearly see Emily through the window in the garden while her twin is sitting in the classroom in her chair. Um, this was the, the written account of that. It said it was witnessed by nearly 50 people. The students were intently working in their sewing class while another teacher sat at the front of the room reading a book. Outside the window, the students could see Emily working in the garden. The supervising teacher stood up and left the room. Seconds later, Emily walked in and sat down in the empty chair. Students thought nothing of it until one gasped and pointed out the window where Emily was still working diligently in the garden. Two of the students stood and approached the doppelganger and, being quite brave, reached out and touched it. They said it looked just like Emily Segee in all aspects, except when they ran their hands through the entity, and they said it felt empty, like the stuff cobwebs are made of. Later, Emily Segee had told school officials that she indeed had been outside picking flowers in the garden. She had not seen the doppelganger, but had, in fact, wished to herself that she was in the classroom supervising the sewing class. School officials noted in their documentation that each time the doppelganger appeared to them, the real Emily appeared lethargic and listless. What? Yep. The twin would also appear when the class went on walks together and would trail the group at a distance, like bringing up the rear, as well as indoors. Um, 
it was perceptible to everyone except of course for emily it stood behind her as she ate pantomiming her movements what emily was completely oblivious to the apparition despite the fact that everyone else could see her clearly she would become strangely groggy and powerless during the times that this twin would manifest itself um and Emily would also say later that what people reported her twin was doing were things that she was actively thinking about at the time. What? Yeah. So they almost think that maybe she had some kind of subliminal mind control over this thing. Like this twin, this spectral twin was acting out what she was thinking. I mean, we've always wanted to have like, you know, sometimes you want to be in two places at once, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean... I don't know. Oh she my could do gosh. it. Um, let's see. Time went by and the apparition became a permanent fixture of the school's life, but it freaked people out on the regular, of course. And finally, the, the parents became so concerned that they started to pull their children from the school. Mm-hmm. So even though she was a fantastic teacher, um, the headmistress had no option but to fire her and her ghostly twin. Wow. Can you imagine that conversation? I have to let the both of you go. <laughs> we just don't want to do double benefit. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so she was dismissed from her job. Um, that's really the most detailed account of her. But in researching that, I found quite a few other accounts of other people who have spectral twins. Really? Yes. Very interesting. There were there were quite a few of them, and I, I saved a couple of them because they these were the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine the Great, mm-hmm. the powerful 18th century empress of Russia, uh, apparently had a spectral twin. Um, and the legend is, if you have a spectral twin and you see it, you'll die shortly thereafter. Oh. So it was probably a good thing that Emily never saw hers. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, Catherine the Great was known for being very powerful. She was very feared. Um, And one night she was lying in her bed and her servants told her that they had just seen her enter the throne room. And of course, she was like, what? Let me go check this out. You guys are crazy. So she gets up out of bed. She goes into the throne room to investigate and sitting very calmly on the queen's throne is the queen. She's sitting there in the throne. Very calmly. So, of course, Catherine the Great was a little freaked out, right? Obviously. She she told her her servants to shoot the ghost. Um, They don't know. There's not not any evidence to say that the bullet had any effect on the spectral twin. But Catherine herself soon died afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Um, our boy, Honest Abe. Nuh-uh. This one is creepy to me. This whole story is just creepy. Abraham Lincoln. Apparently, he was always very open about his interest in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he experienced some paranormal activity. On the night of his first election, he was resting on the couch And while he was lying there, he happened to glance in a mirror and he saw his own image, except that it had two faces. Ooh. Isn't that a movie? The mirror has two faces? I don't know. Sounds like a movie. 
Um, it startled him, so he sat up on the couch and he says that the doppelganger disappeared. Um, his wife was convinced that it was a bad omen. Right. Um, she said, his wife said that it was a sign that he would be reelected to a second term, but would not survive it. What? And we all know, we all know what happened. Um, she said that because there were two faces, that was his two terms because it happened on the night of his election. Right. So he went on to repeat the couch experiment every once in a while and he would glance this twin in the mirror every now and then. And when he would try to lay down and see it better, it would go away. Some people said that the mirror was just kind of messed up or whatever, but he swears that it, it didn't happen all the time. And of course, he was elected for a second term and then he was subsequently shot and killed oh my during gosh. his second yeah. term. Um, so those are the most interesting. Um, there was another story. I didn't write it down, but there was another story of a man who was dating a woman back in the 1800s, and he was riding his horse-drawn carriage away from her house back to his house, and he came upon a man in a carriage who looked just like him, but in a different outfit. What? And they passed each other, and then another time he was coming back, and he was wearing the outfit he had seen himself in. Um, when he was going back to visit his girlfriend and he came upon the same carriage with the same man in it wearing the clothes he had had on previously. That's insane. Isn't it? Oh my It's like a time gosh. warp kind of thing. I love it. And you know what I thought about when I was reading that is the story that you did a few weeks ago. The parent family. Yes, where she said that she saw an older version of herself. Yeah. That's Isn't that weird? weird? That's so weird. It's so, like, I have, I have chills. Yeah. It's just the creepiest. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the creepiest thing. It is yeah. pretty creepy. It's so odd. Pretty creepy. But, yeah, so apparently it's a bad sign if you see your own doppelganger. Okay. so I shouldn't see my own doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, poor Emily, man. She loved to teach. She was a great teacher, but her twin ruined it for her. I wonder what she went on to do after, because yeah. that was 19 times that she was fired Cause she because of her twin. she taught again, right? Right. I mean, what is, like, what are her recommendations? Like, she's a fantastic teacher, but she's got this creepy ghost lady that follows her around. I but mean, at least you, you know your children that? are always being watched. Yeah. But I just, I find it really, really odd and creepy that the twin was doing the things that she was actively thinking about at the time. I think so, too. That is weird. And then she was tired afterwards. Isn't that strange? Yes. Now I'm going to wonder, every time I'm randomly tired, I'm going to be like, what's my astral twin doing? <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. There's actually a book called Footfalls on the Boundary of, of Another World. It was written in 1860 by a man named Robert Dale Owen, and he documents Emily Siggy's story and apparently some others. Wow. It's like a compilation of stories, but that's where a lot of this came from. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Creepy, creepy. That is creepy, and I love it. <laughs> it's so interesting to it me. It is. Like, I want to go and research all of this now. Yeah. All of it. I need to yeah. know. Need Very to know. strange. Woo. So, um... Yeah, if anybody says that you have a twin, be cautious. Don't look. Don't look at them. Yeah, I only saw a picture of mine. <laughs> I didn't see the real thing, so I guess that doesn't You're count. Okay. <laughs> You're okay. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So that's it. That's all I got. That's all she wrote. You're, like, really befuddled over there. I am. You? I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> I, I think we're, like, I think we're, like, solving mysteries on this podcast. I mean, we're putting all the pieces together. Yeah. When you, you know... And I, I mean, I say that jokingly, but honestly, if you hear these stories just as one-off stories, like we have our whole lives, it's like this is a story and it's interesting and it's creepy or whatever. But when you hear them back to back, like we research yeah. these things and talk about them every week, you start to see like patterns. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. That's what I'm over here thinking. I'm over here like, yeah. what is going on <laughs> with the world right now? Like, is there another dimension? Is there? That, you know, like the mirror people and the, the parent family saw? Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. Oh, It's so weird. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Woo! <laughs> That's why people, when they go in, they go into museums and they pose with paintings because there are paintings that look identical to them. You've seen this mm-hmm. before? Yeah, it's another. There's a, there's a whole like gallery of celebrities where they show the cele- like the actor, the current day celebrity, yeah. and then like a picture of somebody from like the 1600s uh, who looks just like them. And one of them was Benedict Cumberbatch. And let's be honest, there aren't many people that look like that man. No, that's a he's a, he he's an unusual he looks like he's fellow. from a different time anyway. He does, and he like, sounds he like just, it. Yeah, I do love him. He's interesting. He is very. He's got a great voice. He really does. He really does. Have you ever seen the behind the scenes of him doing the dragon oh. from The Hobbit? Yes. And where he's like acting it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing he's though. So like good. he's just a voice actor in that movie, but he wanted to get into the character and so he's slithering around on the floor and oh, so good. Yeah. He's talented. Anyway. As long as you don't ask him to say penguin. <laughs> Pangling. 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 All right, guys. We're done. (laughs) For today. For today. We've got one more episode, and then it's summer break. Yup. So, rate and review. Subscribe. Do all the things. You know what to do at this point. You know what to do. We tell you all the time. All the time. And you're not skippers, so you always listen to the end. Always. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it. We'll see ya. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.